Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Q for You. My name is Robert Brown. This is my best friend and three-time published author, Mr. Lugar Harris. And I'm 100% positive that nobody needs me to introduce the man that is sitting right there. The Lord of Dope, the King of Dope, I believe you're referred to as? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's Tommy, everybody. If it's you Tommy don't know who Tommy is, where have you been the last forty some plus years? Tommy, uh, the gummy bear champion. The gummy bear <laughs> champion. champion. I'm selling more of these. Oh man, it's the, the it's legal it's legal pot basically. You know, it's it's hemp with three and a half percent. Uh, uh, THC, and it's a perfect amount of THC that you want. It'll make you blab, but you can also understand the word "shut up." You know, so it's perfect. <laughs> it's it's like a truth serum, then. Yeah, it is. It is. It really <laughs> is. So yeah. you were like one of the founding people for CBD, right? Yeah, I sure was. I mean that that's that's amazing because. My dad, he's had arthritis and stuff like that. And he's found yeah. those CBD bears, you know. And when he eats them, it melts the pain away. Well, just think, uh, 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 not too long ago in my lifetime, the government was pushing cigarettes, tobacco, uh, alcohol, uh, you know. And for a while there, uh, heroin, <laughs> you know. It was yeah. all legal. It was yeah. all legal. You know, uh, and and uh, and then they they discovered, you know, that uh, after the slavery, they could uh, uh, oh, they could arrest him for marijuana. Right. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll use marijuana to to you know the, now that the racist laws are kind of shut down. We'll use uh, the, the the drug excuse, you know. Not yeah. the alcohol excuse, the drug excuse. That's one thing that's always confused me is my favorite argument is if you give somebody marijuana, they'll do 20 in a 65 and think that they're speeding <laughs> and happy with life. If you give an alcoholic, you know, his beverage of choice, he'll do 110 and think he's driving slow. Yeah, and, and, and run over a few people in the meantime, you know. Yeah. You know, just and hurt himself just getting out of the car. You know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 the government was in business with these people. Mm -hmm. In Canada, the government ran the liquor, the whole liquor industry. It was government. You had to go to the government to get your booze. You know, you couldn't buy it in in a, in a store. Now you can, but back in the day, you know, the government ruled everything. And what they did they created a black market that was unbelievable. And that's what happened with the marijuana. You see, see we wouldn't have NASCAR without bootlegging. Yeah. 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 Or Donald Trump. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. His dad was a bootlegger. <laughs> Could you imagine if NASCAR had been created by potheads? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, I was in uh, Savannah, Georgia, and, and some of the biggest, most beautiful houses, the, the mansions there, were designed by a black 
architect, an ex-slave architect. And he designed all, and, and they built Savannah, Georgia. If you go to Savannah, Georgia, it's so mm-hmm. beautiful that uh, uh, during the Civil War, uh, Grant, or you know, the American uh, general, refused to burn it because it was too beautiful. And so they, so, and it was designed by a black ex uh, slave. So there's a lot of uh, history, you know, that's coming out uh, eventually. Uh, And, and and thanks to, thanks to our, uh, thanks to Trump, I guess, you know, you know, I I was on a boat with all these, uh, I'll call them Republicans because they're nice enough to have me on the boat. And, uh, and anyway, the question come up about they want uh, someone in the group wanted to talk about Hunter Biden, and and so I pointed out that uh, Hunter Biden was a very good artist. You know, I I, I know Hunter Biden, and uh, and I said, but you know, and and so they looked at me all like you're you're you know one of those liberals, and I said. No, I says, I got to tell him, I got it. Donald Trump, he promised to make America great again, and he fulfilled his promise. And they all looked at me like in disbelief, and they wanted to know, how did he do that? I said, he got Joe Biden elected. (laughs) (laughs) He was the only guy on the planet that could get Joe Biden elected. Joe Biden tried many times to, to be a president of the United States. He couldn't even get out of the primary. He couldn't yeah, he even was, get to, to the finish. Years. Yeah. And here we are. Thanks to here Trump. Here we are. Yeah. So, Tommy, going back a little bit and doing research about you, first off, I have to say I'm a huge fan of yours. Uh, your family owned a bunch of nightclubs and stuff in Canada, right? In Vancouver when you were younger? Well, what happened, the, 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 I had a band. I had a, the first R&B, rhythm and blues band in uh, Western Canada. Uh, in Eastern Canada, Ronnie Hawkins and the Hawks, they were the Eastern Canada band. Uh, Bobby, Ta- uh, not Bobby Taylor. It was Bobby, yeah, Bobby but in the beginning, it was we had a group called the Shades, and the reason we were the Shades is that we had a full-blood Native American guitar player, a black African uh, descendant uh, from uh, the slaves, and myself, half Chinese, uh, half uh, quarter uh, Native, and uh, and the rest white. Uh, uh, whatever a mongrel and so, so you were all us, the shades we were all, all shades. different colors and so we called ourselves the shades and uh with that band we we changed the world because we were so good that we would go in any club we would go go to uh you know we'd, we'd pack it out but we were so raw we weren't really uh, we weren't really musicians, although I, I was a musician. I could I, I knew how to play. Uh, and then we hired other musicians to play that, you know, that could play. But most of us, like my brother, for instance, he was an a amateur football player, you know, a linebacker. Uh, 
and then a sax player who, who only could play in one key. He was another football player. Uh, uh, the drummer, he was, uh, no, he, he was just a white guy. And then, and then uh, uh, the, the piano player, another football player, uh, you oh, know, wow. uh, like high school, or, you know, but we're all like, we, we knew how to tussle. <laughs> you know, why so you know, many football you, you know the punk band you know the ones that fight back <laughs> yeah that was us you know <laughs> not destroy the guitar if you're going to destroy the guitar you'd be nailing somebody with it you know but and, at that time with racism and segregation and all that so high yeah. still, you had to know how to fight back well yeah yeah I mean it was in Canada in Canada uh, that's our uh, recreation that's our yeah. that's our, our our national game hockey. <laughs> we it, made a sport out of it. Yeah, yeah. In between fights, <laughs> <laughs> there's a game in between fights that goes on, and so our band, we weren't only really good as far as music goes. You know, we played the hot. We played every. Uh, we started off with uh, uh, Little Richard. And we played all of Little Richard. We played Chuck Berry. We played Bo Diddley. Um, I'm the hardcore black uh, music. And this is in Western Canada. And this is like, in Canada. the black guys up there, if you were black, you could stand in front of a, a band with a microphone, whether you could sing or not. It didn't matter, <laughs> you know, as long as you were black. And, and that's, the way, that's the way it was. And of course, we ran into all sorts of uh, drunk people that wanted to, to take us on to fight. And like I said, you know, the band, my brother especially, you know, he, he was <laughs> there. One time we had the reputation, we're in Calgary and we were playing at the. Uh, oh, and, and what happens when you had the band? I got in trouble with uh, with another friend of mine uh, back in the day. There wasn't a whole lot for teenagers to do in Calgary. And so uh, uh, this friend of mine, well, a couple of friends of mine uh, got into stealing cars, joyriding it was called. It's a great pastime. Yeah, because <laughs> Canada was so cold and the only transportation was a bus, okay? Yeah. And so you're walking home, you're freezing your ass off, and there's some idiot warming his car up. <laughs> and so I just made it easy for you. So naturally, naturally, you want to get in the car to get warm, but then while you're there, might as well drive it close to home. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 that was the beginning. Well, a friend of mine, he stole the car like that and it stalled on him. So he called me up. And we we're trying to get it started when the cops pulled up. And so they chased us. We ran home. Of course, it just the snow had just fallen. So they followed our footprints home <laughs> and then pulled us out of bed, took us to jail. Next, the, the, we, we spent the weekend in jail. And then, then we got out and, and my dad had to pay a $100 fine uh, for joyriding. Oh, well. Man. I, I realized, you know, I, I felt remorse, you know, because I'm not a thief. I'm, I'm, I really am not. You know, I'm a musician. But how did I get into it? Well, I started thinking, well, you know, there was really not much for kids to do other than to, to get in uh, trouble. So I, 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 I had a 
kind of a impromptu meeting with the magistrate that sentenced me, Magistrate Reed. Like I walked in his office and, and, and told him, you know, asked him, told him the problems, you know, there's nothing for teenagers to do. And so he says, well, there's a job for you. Do something about it. And so oh, what wow. I did, I started a teen club, the Shade wow. Teen Club. And, oh, man, what a genius move that was. Because now it's a teen club. Well, we got everything donated to us. So we got the best hall in Calgary donated every Saturday night to oh, the teen club. We packed that sucker. Oh, man, we made more money with that club. But I was such an honest guy. I wasn't into money. The money went into the teen club. Right. <laughs> we took a wage. We took a what was, you know, right. the band, you know, 20 bucks a night. We're making we're making hundreds of thousands of dollars and and, and it was like twenty I, I had no idea about money. Anyway, we go out to uh we got so popular that the city police closed us down because we were attracting too many uh, kids to this to this dance. And then after the dance they would spread out and just cause all sorts of shit. And so we got <laughs> kicked out of Calgary, went to Vancouver. And that's where I got really into into music, nightclubs. And we got so popular that we would pack every club we got. So at the end, after a couple of, you know, we toured around and we went down to the States to try to make it and come back. And our singers weren't really that good, you know, recording-wise. And so what happened, the, the group eventually uh, broke up. And then intermediate, you know, everybody, people got married. I got married. Uh, we struggled with the band, you know. Uh, but that was the only income I had. But what I, I did, I married a woman that had a job. And so that's what musicians have to do. You have to have your wife that works. Uh, and that's what I had for, for seven years, seven years. And then, and then we got very, very uh, successful. And the more successful we got, the more people gave me things. And so the first club I got, well, not the first one, the first one, <laughs> the first club we opened, it was a, a theater that had been changed into a nightclub. And, and there, it was the for sale sign or for rent sign up so we went and rented it out and we created a club called the blues palace and so with the blues palace the first act we got we went to seattle and see what we could you know book into our club and yeah. guess who was available ike and tina turner and the Ikeettes and the review for wow. 700 bucks for nice. a tuesday night wow tuesday night and so we booked them in there, made a piss pot full of money, got so popular that the neighborhood got torn <laughs> apart by our rowdy fans. <laughs> and within a month, we were in front of the city hall getting kicked out of our Blues Palace. <laughs> <laughs> but another club, a building owner, saw, saw how popular we were, and he literally offered us a club. 
and it was the after hours club that we called the elegant parlor and we operated for about five seven years packed every night and uh did you find a change in the crowd when with that name elegant parlor no 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 you know what it did it it uh it did what you have to do to be successful you if you're going to have a black club like we did best oh oh just a minute i gotta take this yeah Uh, you're good hello hi hi shot the video because i saw he has it up there our podcast just a little preview and i need him to phone him and tell him to put a nice um filter on it oh you mean uh, ben yeah i thought it was ben yeah yeah, yeah call ben call ben i'm in the middle of a podcast then. oh sorry okay i think i have the number okay sorry okay okay thanks darling <laughs> i i just take a call yeah you're always busy we get it man we're just happy to be here with you. We're no, so have you. you have you found that you're? I mean, the stories you're telling. I don't want to put you in a bad picture, but you're kind of always opposite of the law, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I found out? I uh, my brother took the other path. My older brother. He's three years older than was. He passed away, but he was three years older than me, and he was a really good athlete. Uh, now, I, I could have been, but I, I spent a year in the hospital, and so my legs never developed properly, you know. And uh, when I was four, three, four years old, I was in the hospital. And and uh, so, thank God, because I was good enough to be, uh, to fuck up my body for the rest of my life, you know, just being an athlete, being stupid. You know, I played football. And, and, uh, but I wasn't that good because I couldn't see and I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know I needed glasses. <laughs> I, I, I went right down my homework's assignment. I'd have to get out of my desk, walk to the front of the classroom, read the assignment, and then go back to my desk. And uh, eventually, uh, a teacher, someone says, uh, I think this boy needs glasses. And so I went and got checked. Of course, I needed glasses. I've been needing glasses all my life. And and that's the way it was. Same as my teeth. I never had proper uh, dental care. And so one time my, the band was down in the States and we met these beautiful girls, you know, they're dental assistants and they're studying to be dental. And, and one of them said, hey, would you like to have your teeth cleaned? I've never had my teeth cleaned in my life. So <laughs> Those I thought, dental assistants, they uh, love staring at people's teeth. Like I get I it all the time. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. They're going to polish it, you know, like you brush your teeth. No. They go in there with uh, mining equipment (laughs) and and tear the shit out of your mouth. Oh, man. It took three days. I made the history. My my mouth was so messed up. (laughs) I had to go back. Well, two days. I, I went back. One a whole day. And then two whole days, two whole days, oh my God. They, she worked on me. And the teacher was around, the whole class was there. They had never seen anybody who's never had their teeth cleaned for 20 years. Oh, nope. yeah. And that was me. And, and then eventually I, I got uh, implants now. But, you know, 
it, 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 it's, it's uh, growing up, it's not a, about growing up poor. It's, it's, it's called growing up without money. Yeah. There's a difference. Poor yeah. is when you kind of give up. And, and for one reason or another, you can just barely feed yourself, you know. Right. Uh, being uh, broke is another thing. You know, broke is a temporary condition. And that's really what I was. But I'll tell you, I learned, uh, like lately now, you know, especially uh, when, when I get asked <laughs> to do a freebie for these <laughs> Are my rich friends, you know, the 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 Republicans? <laughs> uh, they can't help it. They like to hang with me because I'm famous, you know. And and way the kids react when they mention my name, all of a sudden the kids are talking to them again, you know. Or oh, you know, Tommy John, you know. I mean, I I got currency there, right? But but when I get close to these guys, you know, underneath they're Republicans. And, and so, so there's a nice little understanding, you know. In fact, they were they call me uh, some kind of liberal or something, something they, you know, behind my back. I know, yeah. uh, because I, I, you know, that that I can being in jail. See, I went to jail, and and so I know I know exactly yeah. what Donald. We Trump we feels. read about that, and there was an interesting part. Um, you helped someone write a book. Or yeah. inspired someone. You want Jordan to talk Belford, about Jordan Belford, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Oh That's... no! Everything that happens to me is very ordained. It's meant to happen. No, we, come we on. Call it serendipity. We. we yeah, I've been. I've been. I've been. I'm like Forrest Gump. I. I, I swear <laughs> to God, I'm uh, like Forrest Gump, because I met. I, I knew Michael Jackson before he was anything. You I know. know how. I, I knew all these guys, you know, I met them, I played with them, you know, played on stage with them. It's Your crazy. life is really, I don't want to call you old, but I mean, like, you've lived through so much change yeah. in okay. our nation and in our country. You've, yeah. you've seen us at our best and our worst. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's anybody to ask about the country, like, it's this man right here. Well, what what happens? Here, here is a thumb thumbnail sketch. Why we're here? We're here to learn. That's all we're here to do is to learn. Learn what it's like to be a human. Learn what it's like to be a, a black human, a white human, a yellow human, uh, a blind human a retarded human, uh, all sorts of humans. That's that's just humans. And because we're connected to every living creature on this planet that needs oxygen or needs that sort of chemical reaction that we live in, there are brothers, there are cousins, there are neighbors. You know, so so we got to relate to the fish population. We got to relate to the animal population. We got to re got to listen to them too. Learn off them, you know, because they know a lot. The insect world, uh, all the different worlds 
And we all depend upon this Mother Earth, which is a spaceship. We're on a spaceship. And when you realize all these things, there's etiquette. When you're on a sailing ship, a spaceship, an airplane, there's etiquette. And you have to obey that etiquette. You know, in, in other words, like on a plane, there's a pilot. And there's a co-pilot. And then there's a steward. And the, the stewardess. And, and each one has dominion over you if you're the passenger. Because they're responsible for you. And we've got to learn all these things. And, and, and as disruptive as it might seem, that also plays a part. You see, you can't have what we are, basically, is we are electrical energy, our life force. That's what, that's what different, differentiates uh, the physical world from the spiritual world. In the spiritual world, there's nothing. See, in the, in the physical world, there's everything. And you can't have one without the other, you see. You can't have everything without there being nothing. Because if, if everything was just everything, there would be no nothing. But there has to be nothing for there to be everything. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so boil it down. There's all the people on this planet, we've got we're all, we're, we're all the same. It doesn't matter what color you are, just like flowers, you know. It doesn't matter what kind of blossom you have or if I have any at all, you know. The fact is, is that we're all on the same, we all need the same chemicals to exist. And so what it boils down to is what the Chinese and the, and the Zoroasters, there's all sorts of uh, spiritual Buddhism. They have all sorts of uh, these uh, spiritual entities for want of a better world that have discovered what what I, what I just discovered which is electricity in order to make electricity you have to have positive and negative and because they are incompatible they create turmoil they create uh, the an spark. explosion they create dissident you know they're they're fighting against each other and they will forever because positive and negative do not get along but together they create energy and that's what we are we are positive negative and some of us are more negative than positive and some of us are way too positive and that's the way it is. That's the way life is. It goes in between. And then without, when to, without when, some form of struggle or yeah. not comfortable, then then we won't progress. If we're just comfortable and happy and everybody around us is comfortable and happy, then nothing progresses, nothing changes. That that's called a rest. Yeah. What you just described is a rest. See, nothing stops. I mean, everything stops, but nothing stops forever. <laughs> <laughs> right. They stop for a little while, then they go on. Like music. Yeah. What makes music is not the music notes. It's the space in between the music notes. Yeah. And 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 that's the silence. And that's what what see what I discovered when I when I came to grips with that, then I realized 
how we can improve our life on the planet. And we've been told this, by the by the way, you know, all the Bibles in the world. And what the what the what we do, we get enough information to carry us through, say, a generation or two. Right. And then it changes. And then oh, then we go like like now. I I, I see people are afraid of AI, like like it's going to hurt them. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's intelligence. How can intelligence hurt you unless you're clinging to some ancient uh, way of life that has gone away, like the oil industry? But do you think that we should let go of our past and ride this wave into the future? Or do you think that we should pick and choose some things to take with us on this journey? We have to always, always worry about our neighbor, not ourselves. And the reason we do that is that we have to show faith that we know why we're here. Because our, the entity who, of who we are now, it's just for us to take the course of life that we're, we've written for ourselves, you see. For, for a period that we're going to be here on, on this planet, you know, right. and uh, and usually, or, or in a lot of cases, it's a long-term study, you know. And I can imagine there are some people that, you know, that needed to take a few semesters to, just to finish the course that they were working on, and then they can evolve to the next course. Or some people, they're just having a hard time getting it so they're gonna have to come back and do it again and come back and do it again and come back and eventually they move up and onward see there's room for everybody you see and, and because there's time time we're immortal beings see we've always been here in one form or another now the only time uh, uh, constraints that we have is for the lessons that we're learning in this lifetime because you only got so many life, you so much life here. And so you learn it. And sometimes, uh, like I, I feel I was blessed because I, I learned really early in my life how to pray, you see. And prayer is the answer to everything, to everything. Prayer will get you anything you need. And you what you really need... Do you security. think it matters who you pray to? What's that? Do you think it matters who you pray to? See, we, as we, long as you're praying to a to a we, god, to our no, no, no. I mean, you in your mind, you can do whatever you want in your mind, but yeah. it, it's not going anywhere out of your mind. It's right. in I, your I, mind. I, I was your... worried that we were going to start a topic that was going to go kind of in the weird direction, but. Thank you, Tommy, for bringing it up. Yeah, um, Robert and I have different beliefs on religions and such. We have different brands of religions that we believe in. But ultimately, we have come to the understanding is, like you're saying, it's what what floats your boat, what helps you. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. What I'm doing, I'm telling you where I'm at in my life. You see, being 85 years old, 
see, the, one time I was on Joe Rogan I, a few years ago, and it was the last of my macho man kind of appearance. There was a, a, a time when everything was about sex and, 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 and uh, you know, and being, you know, being the, 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 the stud, you know, and uh, that, that it's gone. It's gone for me. Now I'm in my, uh, it's not preaching as much as it is, as it is um, explaining where I'm at, at this particular moment. You see, what I want everybody to do is do what you're doing. You know, there, there's no right or wrong way. There just is the way. And it depends on you. You see, we're the message we say at the end of our show when we get to that point is, you know, you be you and I'll be me. That's, yeah. that's what everybody needs to focus. Well, you got no choice. You yeah. got no choice. I mean, we're we're we we just state the obvious. You see. Yeah, that's all. That's all. And 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 when I'm with say say the Republican fringe, you know, which I I, I adore. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that 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 we're not all the same you know, together on, 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 on like social issues and that because there again I got a different thing with with social issues. I don't feel sorry for anybody because I know that everybody is in a learning state. You know, and if you're learning how to be a dentist and and you're all bent over and your back hurts and and you, and you got your mouth your hand in someone else's mouth and then you hurt them and you know it's not a pleasant gig to do but it's what you chose and that's who you are and so so i i, I with me it's not there's no right way or wrong way it's the only way you know the way to learn because i want to learn all these things that's that's that that that's what happened to me that's you know what, what i learned like with the career you know when when Cheech and I hit upon the truth, and which was a, a, a little lowrider, you know, up until Cheech, there was a, a, a perception of lowriders that they were evil and they had carried guns and they hurt people and you know, like Donald Trump was telling about these bad Mexicans, you know, uh, and and here we come up with a with a up in smoke movie that 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 was nowhere even close to being anything but cute yeah <laughs> and 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 lovable and it was so what a lovable movie and all we wanted to do was make music and and, and be become rock stars you know and so when we we touched that and 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 then the reaction to the, the, the police, the criminals, <laughs> you know, the real criminals, you know, yeah. that were making all this money off pot being illegal. You know how much money those guys made? They in the billions. <laughs> they, are, they had separate homes. They had summer homes. They had boats. Yeah. <laughs> these, are, these are cops. And, and, and they got them from stealing of uh, potheads, you know. Yeah. So that leads to a question I, I 
I've always been dying to ask you, if I could ask you one question. Sure. It is the Up and Smoke film, the Maui Wowie mixed with Labrador. How much of that was a prop? The whole, oh, it was all a prop. <laughs> <laughs> we never used real weed. You oh. never used real weed in your movies? Oh, no. They work, and they're working. Oh, are you kidding? We're actors. We can act stoned in in a heartbeat, but 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 you try to act when you're stoned. Woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anything, you get you get hungry. You want to quit this shit and go eat. <laughs> See, to this day, Robert swears that the little old lady at the dispensary we went to interview doesn't exist. That I imagined her, but I wasn't I wasn't smoking or eating or anything. But the contact high. Reminded me of high school, I guess. And I sure. apparently was imagining this little sweet old lady that was just so helpful. Really? <laughs> or or is he just messing with your mind? Oh, I'm completely with messing with him. She was she oh, was yeah. there. <laughs> that was I just, that was I just a really fun to cruise choose. Do what was that? I just did my second cruise choose. Oh yeah. Cheech and Chong gummies. They're they're hemp. They're legal everywhere. You can go ahead and plug it. Go ahead. Yeah. So what, what, no, I didn't mean to plug the cruise shoes. No, you're yeah. you're fine. That you, you can. can get these legally practically anywhere. But I we, I would never do that. We own our own website, so no one can kick us off. Oh, good. What, what well, products or things do you have coming out? What what are your passions? Uh making making these little guys. See, see my little, I don't know what inspires them, but what they are, like th this one here, it's a, um, it's a, a joint holder, you know, like you put the joint in there. And you, in fact, I'll, I can show you, you put the joint in here. Oh, let me, let me, where is that one I like? It smokes it for you. No, I got a, where are you? I got a special, um, I can't find it now. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, I, I like that little tiki guy you had. Um, what? The little tiki guy that you had carved, the head. Yeah. Did you did you see that that the uh, the Rapa Nui on Easter Island? You know all the little the heads. Yeah, and they have full bodies. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. the trippiest thing. Yeah, they all have full bodies. And they carved like, them. They carved they them carved. here. It wasn't no. Everybody wants to talk alien shit. No, no. So your joint, alien. it was human. Your joint holder there. You smoke it through it. Yeah, it holds. You know, everybody says aliens built the pyramids, or some people say, you know, but no, no, it was to sell books. No, humans built built everything. Humans, yeah, yeah, we 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 do it all, man. We're we're, you know, what aliens are? They're drones, <laughs> because no one's going to leave their planet to get in a cramped spaceship when we do a machine can do way more than you could ever do. 
you know, all you are is a bag of shit that, that they have to find a way to keep you alive while you're, while you're, while you're just riding, going along for the ride, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, you know, if you see a, a, a drone, it's a drone and, and all they're doing is probably just checking it out. Where are we? Oh, we're in a place called Earth. Oh yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> heard they got some good uh, Chinese food there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's that's the secret for right from Tommy Chong, guys. You heard it here. Aliens are here for our Chinese food. The Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, my dad was a truck driver, and uh, he turned all the the truckers that got to know him. They, he turned them all onto the the joys of real Chinese food. And, and I turned Cheech onto it. You see, if you're not Chinese, there's two menus whenever you go into a Chinese restaurant, like any ethnic restaurant, you know? Yeah. And they always got, and I just finished cooking a, a dish that, that uh, Cheech, <laughs> when I first met Cheech, I had an improv group and we would practice and then we go have Chinese food. <laughs> and Cheech, the first time he came along, he didn't know how to use chopsticks. And so he, he didn't get a lot to eat that one, the first set. <laughs> and so he learned how to use chopsticks, and it was pretty funny. <laughs> but but I taught him. He taught me a lot of Mexican food stuff, and then I taught him a lot of Chinese food. And uh, But this one dish that it's hard to, they, they don't make them in restaurants. There's a lot of preparation. But it's preserved turnip root, it called the chung choy, and so you chop it all up, and then you put it in with uh, ground chicken or ground uh, pork, and uh, with uh, bamboo shoots and onion and a few a ginger and uh, garlic, and you chop it all up, put it into it, and steam it, and that with rice is a dish you will. You will miss a plane to eat. <laughs> oh wow, that does sound pretty good. I'm I'm not much of a foodie, but man, that. Uh, Tom and Chong, if you will hang on just a second, we're going to wrap up the show real quick. But don't don't go anywhere. We got a few minutes extra. We want to chat with you after stage. But uh, if you I got could, my timer here, right? If you could deliver a message to the entire world, what would it be? Um, it would be learn the song Amazing Grace and sing it every chance you get and yeah. do what I do I listen to Anne Murray's version Engelbert Humperdinck's version Elvis's version I like Engelbert Humperdinck He's got a really good version. And Murray has the best version because she's got such a sweet voice. Yeah. But Elvis is good. Elvis is Elvis could sing uh, spirituals. You, you know, that's what his first love was, you know. Uh <clears throat> yeah. That that's that's what I'm doing now. And and uh, every chance I get, I'll get in front of uh, my uh, Siri 
or Alexa. I always thought Alexis, and it wasn't answering me. <laughs> so My I, dad I figured, figured out Alexa. Annalisa. Yeah. I, I, What's the I, weather I, like? Oh man, I'm so illiterate in so many ways. Uh, you know, just from age, from just from age. But but I, I have to say, I, for, I, for 85, you are very sharp. Oh it, yeah. You know, well, you know, I started bodybuilding. I, what would I, be, what would you say your secret is? The the, the secret I started bodybuilding when I was sixteen, and then I caught a bodybuilder's uh, mentality, and so I never let my weight get get out of out of out of, out of control. Uh, there was a few times when I had a few more burritos than I should have had, but uh, for all in all, I could. I think shooting the movies over in uh, Paris and a Amsterdam that really helped Cheech and I both because uh, there's a time change, you know? And so by the time we got adjusted and when you're, when you're not on, you know, when you're not on your regular time change, you don't have an appetite. And so you tend to snack a little bit. And, and so Cheech and I, all the, the, you know, uh, next uh, still smoking and, and Corsican brothers, we were in the best shape of our lives, man. We were super thin and trim, and Cheech looked incredible. And it was uh, it was a good life. We had a good time. We started a, a pot cafe in Amsterdam in our in our movie, and the guy kept it as a cafe after we left. <laughs> it was cool. Uh, like I said, hang out with us for just a minute, but for everybody. As always, be a champion. If not for yourself, do it for someone else. And remember, I'll be me, you be you. This is Q for you. We'll see you guys in a few.